Well, it's a little after nine, so if you are able, could you please stand, please, and we'll bow our heads, and we will say, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather here today to conduct the county's business. We are grateful to live in the best county of the best state of the best nation in the world. We ask that you grant us patience and perseverance during our trials and tribulations and humility and gratitude with our victories. And we ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Ms. Feetson, would you lead us in the pledges, please? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. Our president is to be Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible. Thank you, Ms. Feetsum. <coughs> I'll make a motion that we open the meeting. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. We are open for business. First item on the agenda is to consider and take action in approving the minutes from October 26. Will we approve the following minutes from the previous meeting, October 26, 2023? Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number two, open public comments. Under public comments, we have had three people that have signed up. Mr. William Burnson. Oh, I'm signed up for number three. I'm sorry. Under public comments, we've got two people that have signed up. Rodney Reed. And Jeff Parker. Uh, I'm signed up as well, Judge, for the uh, public hearing on the abatement. Well, I didn't make that public. Yeah, it's just Mr. Reed. Okay, right. Mr. Reed, public comments. Yeah, only me. Uh, I want to thank the commissioners for everything they do for the volunteer fire departments, especially the volunteer fire department. I'd like to thank Luke Sternagel and Room for finishing up the bridge to Cummings Creek. It really looks nice and. And I'm sure once they clean up the sides and everything, it would really be nice. Uh, I went to vote on November the 7th, and they would uh, couldn't find me in their database. And so I don't know if that's a county problem or if that's who I need to address that to, but I'd like to find out who I need to talk to to get that squared away. Gave them a, gave them a uh, photo ID. They couldn't find my wife's name. They couldn't find my name. Finally gave them our driver's license they was able to find us. So we have a military retirement ID and it's a photo ID and that's all that's required in the state of Texas. So I don't know why they couldn't find us, but yet they could find us with our driver's license. So I don't know if it's a glitch in the computer that they're using, because used to be they had a printout and you give them a name and they just go down there and find it and cross it off. So I think they have a problem. We have some elections coming up this next year I'd like to see if that's case is. The last thing is, has to do with uh, the recycling center. I don't know if we're going to be able to continue to that at the Ledbetter thing. I go up there and check it. Luke's been up there with the recycling guy up there. I went there yesterday in the cardboard. I found a fishing reel, found a bunch of fishing tackle stuff, 
In other words, it's not garbage, it's supposed to be cardboard. It says cardboard right on the thing. So I don't know how we're gonna try and get people to understand they can't read that. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Next item, uh, do you have a motion to accept the public comment? I move to accept comments from Mr. Reed and close public comment. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhall. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Open and hold public hearing concerning the proposed adoption and passage of a resolution by the Commissioner's Court that states that Fayette County, Texas elects to become eligible to participate in tax abatement and concerning the proposed establishment and adoption of guidelines and criteria governing tax abatement agreements to be entered into by Fayette County. Do I need a motion to open that public hearing? Yes, Judge. Do I have a motion to open a public hearing? I move we open public hearing. Okay, a motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. Okay, the public hearing is open. Uh, is Mr. Horn here? Okay, Mr. Horn, welcome. Good to welcome. see you again. See you okay, tell us what's, what you're going to present here today, please. Yeah, so the public hearing today is, again, it is not about a specific project. It is not about an application that's been filed by any particular company. All this is is just kind of just the foundational document for the county, should they want to consider somebody to apply later, the minimum thresholds that they would need to clear. So I think, again, in this document that is being considered today, um, it is in effect for just a two-year period should it get approved. Fayette County previously had a similar document in place, but that two-year period expired, so that's why we're going through it here now. Now, again, should these, what is within this is just kind of an outline of if you're within this type of industry, you have to have a mil minimum of a $10 million investment if you are a new if it's new investment to the county, if you're an existing business, the threshold's a little bit lower. And again, that was just kind of based on feedback that the county had seen that if there was an existing business within Fayette County, maybe you would you know, bring that threshold down a little bit lower for them. But then really the rest of the document that says, okay, if you meet these minimum thresholds, they have to then put together an application. And again, you'll see within that that the county doesn't even have to accept the application. There's a period of 45 days in which you can consider the materials within that and then make a decision if you just want to continue forward with just, again, the next step in the process. But even if you accept an application, it doesn't commit the county to any specific terms, percentages, or anything. And then there is additional public comment periods through what's called the reinvestment zone <coughs> process, right, that also requires a public hearing. And then should you even go past the, the reinvestment zone process to actually considering a possible tax abatement agreement, there's another public hearing there, as well as newspaper postings and other things. So again, a very transparent process, pretty much from start to finish. But all that is being considered today is just the guidelines. So this could, somebody could bring an application to you that then you could consider to see if you want to continue moving forward with that later process. Did I hear you correctly to say there's a 45-day period between if we take action today before someone can apply for that? No, sir. Let me clarify that. Should the guidelines be approved today and at some point in the future somebody brings an application to your court for consideration, there's a 45-day period when they give you an application to you for you to consider if you want to move forward or not. Understood. Okay, I've got a couple of people that have signed in before we get to them. 
Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll hear from them, and then Mr. Watson, we'll get your opinion about this uh, abatement issue. Uh, Mr. Parker, I thought I saw you. There you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, Judge. Uh, good morning, Court. My name is Jeff Parker. I, uh, by the grace of God, reside in Precinct 4 of the best county in the best state in the best country in the world. And uh, I had a, a chance to ask Judge Miller if he originated that uh, very valid uh, chain of blessing. And he said he added to it. Uh, Senator Miller, do I have that right? John uh, Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Senator Wilson originated the country state and the judge added the county. And one of the things I like about that is it places y'all's job, governance of the county, within the context of governance of the state, governance of the country. And I think that is very valuable and pertinent to this uh, this discussion. The 800-pound gorilla in the room is alternative energy. Uh, we, we've heard from Mr. Horn that this is merely to open the door for this kind of project, et cetera, et cetera. But it's pretty well known that there is enormous pressure at the national level, best countries <coughs> in the world and all that, uh, to address climate change by eliminating fossil fuel and opening uh, all kinds of alternative energy. Along with that has come massive amounts of funding from a government that frankly can't afford it. Uh, the 2023 deficit of the federal government is $1.69 trillion, and that's on revenue of $6 trillion. That's a 27% deficit. We are paying on that a trillion dollars of interest a year. So again, here in the county, uh, you do have bearing on both the state and the federal government. And I know y'all want to be wise leaders and to pass, you know, not just take for us, but to pass along to our children, their, their children, the next generations in the same way as those who settled Fayette County thought of us when they did what they did. First thing they did, in God we trust, they built a house of worship in the communities they came into. Their thoughts were for posterity as well as what they can get right now. Do you really want to be the commissioner's court that adds to the national debt? I realize it's a drop in the bucket, but do you morally <coughs> want to be party to that? Let's drop down a level and look at the state context. Did you all enjoy uh, writing your income tax check to the state of Texas? I did because it didn't exist. Why didn't it exist? Because a large portion of the state of Texas revenue comes from fossil fuel taxation, uh, which takes a big burden off of the citizens of this county and all the citizens of the state of Texas. It is well known that the end game of alternative energy is to eliminate fossil fuels. Do you want to be the court that decided to go down that road with welcoming uh, alternative energy projects into this, into this county? 
And I don't know how many of you are familiar with the uh, hydrofuel plant that they were trying to get a uh, LaGrange ISD. It was a state program to basically uh, pay for some of that plant with uh, property tax abatements. Uh, the citizens of Fayette County, especially LaGrange ISD, successfully fought that down. But all of these projects, all of them, without exception, are not financially viable on their own. They cannot exist without large subsidies, federal, hopefully, I don't know, I remember that resolution passed, but maybe state, certainly county. Without that, they can't, they can't function. So let's drop down to the county level of governance. We have many businesses in this county. I'm just going to name three that come to mind. Uh, Robert Schupach and his uh, building business. Uh, Mr. Hayworth and his building business. Bruce Frenzel originated Bethco Engineering. These are bricks and mortar businesses that build structures in the county. Those structures are then taxed. They pay taxes on their business. Did any of them come to the county for money to make their business viable? No. They or to my knowledge, they didn't correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, those kinds of businesses, if they receive a tax abatement, for one thing, they're getting abatement that those who actually built successful businesses and pay tax in this county didn't get. But that might even be okay if they made that business decision based on a viable concern that could could float without the tax abatement. But what do you think that's going to what message does that send to the Hayworths, the Shoeboxes, the Frenzels of the county? I don't know. Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would consider that. And finally, these guidelines, yes, they're very general guidelines, but frankly, they're, they're no guideline at all. If I understand it correctly, and uh, the minimum, uh, in, what would I call it, the equity, would be $10 million, I guess, of taxable property, uh, business property, over the course of 10 years, if I'm reading it right, and I think others are going to speak to this, so correct me if I'm wrong, that's $100 million in taxation the county is foregoing. And what they need to provide is something on the order of $50,000 of a vague county benefit. To me, that could be one job paying a technician $50,000 a year to monitor 3,000 acres of solar panels. And that would pay back the $100 million in taxable property you've foregone for 10 years. Where are you all going to be in 10 years? Are you going to bear this burden, or are the children of the children of the taxpayers of Fayette County going to bear it? So, uh, I think I'll let some of the others speak who have addressed some of these things in more detail. But I appreciate you listening, and I would appreciate you and your deliberations uh, taking the moral and ethical high road <coughs> for generations to come. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Parker. Before we go to Mr. Bernson, I want to just make a comment, Mr. Uh, Horn or Mr. Uh, Watson, you tell me if I'm wrong. When Mr. Parker says that we'd be the court to initiate such a thing, that wouldn't be totally accurate. 
this is something that comes up every two years. So, so this has been done before where we would be, but it expires after two years. Am, am I correct in that? That's right. Um, this is a, a very similar, uh, almost a, a mirror guideline of, of what the county has had in place before that, that we have used before um, that did expire. Uh, and so what this document does is it basically opens up the door for us to even have that discussion. Um, without it, the, the buck stops there. We can't consider any kind of abatement for any projects at all anywhere in the county without this. So um, okay. in order for us to even take that first step to even start looking at potential projects and even considering any project at all, we, we do have to have this in place. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bernson? I think Mr. Parker had a reply. Uh, I stand corrected, and uh, I will take that as admonishment, but... Uh, let me just rephrase my comment there. You could be the commissioner's court that clips this off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Bernson? I have uh, several questions, and I, I realize this is not about the project, so I'm going to reserve most of my comments for the next hearing. But I did want to uh, echo what he said, that I don't believe we should be encouraging green energy in our county um, for all the same reasons. It's, but, but anyway. Um, um, one of my questions was what was changed from the previous guidelines? Uh, and Evan, I know we, we both looked at that. There were some um, updates to them that the state required from a statutory perspective um, that have just, just the, the legislature has passed some things right. that have all the last couple Anything of years. Anything the county changed for policy-wise? Um, um, I don't think that there was anything specific other than that that we changed from the last iteration that was county specific. Does that sound right to you, Mr. Horn? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the guidelines here is must be expected to prevent the loss of employment, create employment, um, retain employment or create employment on a permanent basis. And you know, again, is that just one employee? I mean, what are the guidelines? Uh, I think that that would qualify as a single employee would, would do that. Um, it's what we saw with the solar farm um, was uh, it created a lot of potential taxable property um, and uh, but it didn't uh, they there were some rules for that project too where we had to hire local contractors to, to help construct the project but as far as permanent jobs it, it was and then I do want to say that I recognize courts need to update these guidelines I'm not suggesting that we don't I understand it you have to consider that. You have to consider any abatements that come through because of the money. So I'm not discouraging these guidelines or consideration of the project. Um, on Section 3F, I was reading about confidentiality. It says, as required by Section 312, information that is provided to the where, county. Where are you at, Mr. Burns? Section second follow Section 3, paragraph F, confidentiality. <coughs> I, I, I didn't like the way that sounded, so I went and looked at the statute. The statute says in the title, in the caption, it says proprietary information. So I can see that this language is simply copied from the statute. I would ask you to insert proprietary in there somewhere because it's in the statute, but it's not in here, and it would, would make it, I mean, I, it's a, a really matter, but it would make it more clear to the reader of this that it, it's proprietary information that's denied, not just sure. information in general. Right. It's just a point of clarification I would ask for. Um, request for variance from section two may be in written form to the commissioner. This is paragraph I. 
so I, I can see here that they can request variances from anything in this in section two, which is all the uh, criteria for abatement. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'm not sure what the basis for the variances would be granted. Um, standards for denying approval of abatement. It, it looks when I look at paragraph eight here, it says if any if any jurisdiction can show cause in a public hearing that the abatement will, add, will have adverse effects, they shall deny it. And that's just, I'm looking in here and I, it really looks like, this, are we sure we have the dis, uh, discretion to deny these projects? Because the way that I read this, it's like, I don't really see anywhere where it says that we don't have to accept it. And in fact, I kind of see the opposite. It gives us guidelines for how to, how to deny them. But I didn't see, and then correct me if I'm wrong, I read it twice. It said the same thing about the application and about the abatement, but it, is it clearly written in here that we do have discretion to deny both the application and the project just if we want to? I can answer that one. So that section in particular, like again, if you pay like down to codes or laws would be violated. Right. So I think these are kind of more like true legal arguments right, that are being made, not just an evaluation of the financial capacity of the company that's applying or whether or not the county's interested in doing it. But it's like, again, if, if they are going to bring in something, right, that is not going to abide by state laws, regulations, right, right, right. and all of that, right, well, then those can be denied just on those grounds. Hold on a second. Mr. Bernson, <clears throat> wouldn't that address that? Yeah, I guess you're still on denying approval of the abatement. Well, I'm asking a general question, but I just want but to make no, sure. Hold on a second. But the sentence says the county shall deny the approval of abatement. Um, last sentence on page six. If it doesn't meet what we request, what we... Uh, right, right, but I don't see where it says you can, you know, for what reasons that you can... It says if you can show that it causes harm, you can deny it. So we, we have to approve it if we can't show that it causes harm? That's my question. It, it's, it's very clear here that if it causes harm, you can deny it, but that, that, that to me doesn't say full discretion. Because, and, um, I recognize, again, that this could bring money to the county, and I accept that the private property owners have the right to do whatever they want on their property so long as there's no harm to their neighbors. But the fact that they have to come to us for an abatement <coughs> gives us an opportunity to have a public policy on this. And so we can adopt the public policy on green energy, and we can adopt the public policy on fossil fuels, but we ought to be able to deny and accept based on just whether or not we want green energy in the county. And so my concern when I read this is, again, I'm going to repeat it, I think it's been answered, but do we have the discretion just to say no to green energy, even if it doesn't cause harm, like it says here? Well, I would say that the answer to your hypothetical question <coughs> is yes, the court has the authority to deny. Right, yes. This is, uh, it's unlike where utilities have a right to access the, the public right-of-way along the yeah. roadway that's that's a right we don't have the ability to deny that this is very different if, if a project comes to the county it's not something that we're interested in, in bringing into the county then, then we do have a, a right not to enter into an agreement with a company just like any other contract that the county would, would enter into um, you know that 
it, we may not have included a general thing. We have the right to, to deny an application for any reason whatsoever in our guidelines, um, but that's given to us, uh, you know, through through the statute. Understood. So you're just saying, so what you're asking is like since in the guidelines, there's not one line that just says it's ultimately up to the commissioner's court discretion to approve or not approve to where if we don't have that and we don't approve something to where they can come back and try to sue the county to still get inject yeah. what they're trying to do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because a lot of times these things are written in a way that, the, that you're given specific guidelines of what you must do in both cases. Mm -hmm. And it's, the, the law is usually very specific around government that this is a little different from our UCCM. And so I just, you know, he, had, but, he adequately answered my question, but I just want to make sure we have full discretion because the government doesn't always have full discretion to say no. Right, and there are some, some portions of the guidelines that are intentionally brought. Uh, the idea being that we're giving the, the county the ability to, to have those considerations and have those discussions and, and wiggle room and not lock us into a particular, uh, you know, guide, basically. Well, would you, would you advise Mr. Watson that for Mr. Burnson's concern, that the verbiage be added somewhere in there that the county hope it reserves the right to deny any project? Uh, would, there, would there be a negative to say in that? From a legal perspective, I, I don't think it, it matters because I think we can, we can do that okay. either way. If, we, if the court would like us to add that to clarify, I'd be happy to add that in there. I'm okay response. with that response. I just want to, I don't, I don't need to see it here necessarily if we have it on record that we do have the discretion. Sure. Okay. okay, so I have one more question that's related to variances. This is the left section 11. And this, this variance, this, this bothers me greatly. And I think this really think this needs to change. But we get these guidelines here, and then it, in the last sentence of the document, the very last sentence, and I don't know how many people read 99% of the document, the last sentence, but the very last sentence says, if any of the terms and conditions in these guidelines shall, let me see, any vary from the terms, conditions. Shall automatically be deemed to have been granted an approved variance. So it's not, it says in earlier that if they want a variance, they have to request it in writing. But here at the end it says, well, never mind. If, if there's anything in the document that doesn't match the guidelines, but we approve it, well, then it's automatically granted a variance. So you could, for the most part, ignore everything in this document before the last sentence. Because the very last sentence says, y'all can approve whatever you want. And I, I know you need variances, but I think the variance guidelines should be a little more clear. And I don't think that they should be this broad. Because what if y'all miss something or forget or, or there's a mistake or, or they, an oversight? Oh, I didn't notice that. We didn't see that. You know, it wasn't scrutinized close enough. But, well, now it's agreed. And, and by operation of this, it's automatically granted as variance. And I, I just, I would like to see that language. <coughs> Uh, change so that it's a little more clear that you got to apply for advance. You're not just going to get one accidentally because we didn't notice. Okay. And that's, that's the last of my questions. Thank you, Mr. Bernson. That's why we rely on our reliable county attorney's office for issues that you have brought up. Anybody else want to make any comment in this public hearing? By that, I mean the commissioners are the well, only two people that spoke with. Today, I mean, Mr. Parker's talking about green energy, and this, what we're trying to do today, has nothing to do with green energy. Correct. So if Ford wants to come in and spend a billion dollars and plant and build a plant here, and they ask for a, an abatement, without these papers signed today, we can't even, we can't even have a dialogue with them because we don't, we don't have this abatement. 
And if green energy, I mean, he must, you know, apparently more about this project than I do, because you're talking about green energy project coming here, and I, I'm not certain what you're talking about, but apparently you know more about it than I do. But we're, we're not talking about that today. We're just talking about making this abatement for the next two years. I and agree. That's it. I agree with you. And then if, if the, the project that comes in, Mr. Parker will come in and he can say, okay, if he agrees with it, don't agree with it, but right. that's not what we're discussing. I today, agree with right? what Mr. Burton, I mean, Mr. Birkenhoff is saying. This is a very preliminary. Yes. Procedure here today. I just want to acknowledge. I, I fully acknowledge that. I'm okay. not, that's why I've reserved my most of my comments for the, the agreement. Okay. The project, scrutinize this agreement, not the project. Just going to make one last comment. It's just about the, the again the flexibility that even if you did consider an application, what you ultimately grant is up to the court yeah. as well, right? Again, there's some comments that again we're not talking. You could abate 100% of the property for a 10-year period. That's what statute allows. But you could also make one-tenth of one percent of the value for a single year, right, and anything in between. So you can evaluate this document just allows you, should somebody apply, to evaluate each project on its merits. And should you even want to proceed with it, then the terms that you offer to that particular company can vary also. So again, just remember that too, uh, that, that again, that should somebody apply and you accept it, it doesn't mean they automatically get a 10-year 100% sure. abatement. It could be something very different. Understood. And just for clarification, that's exactly what has happened here in Fayette County in, in the last couple of years. It was the last tax abatement. Um, I forget, we had at least two. We had the solar farm uh, and we had the, uh, uh, the Purdue farm. Um, and those both fell under the same guidelines that were that were originally approved. Two very different projects. Um, the the very or the uh, the abatement that we granted was very different uh, on on both of those, and neither one was a hundred percent abatement over a ten year ten over ten year period. Right. Um, and so the the guidelines that we used then worked very well and gave us the flexibility to be able to to come to those two very different agreements, both of which I think did benefit the county uh, quite greatly. Okay, if no one else has anything to add, I'll make a motion. Mr. Barnett. Yes. I just have a quick question. Uh, Mr. Brooks, right? Mr. Mr. Horn. Mr. Horn, yes, sir. Uh, what's your role with the county and your reason for you know, offering legal? I'm not, I'm not an attorney, um, just a tax consultant. Um, and then I was, I was involved in one of the previous processes with the county and establishing these guidelines and applying for them. So, get my familiarity. You know, I've got some companies that are interested in maybe continuing. New investment, unrelated investment um, in the county. So that's why I'm here to just provide some insight, and I work with you know work across the state on a lot of similar projects. Okay, may I ask, uh, are the companies that you're working with are they green energy companies right now? Some of them are, some of them are not. Okay, thank you. And, and Mr. Parker, I just want to reiterate what Mr. Horn said. He he, this is not exclusive to Fayette County. He's not affiliated with the county government. He goes all over the state with this project. So if there's no other comments, I make a motion we close the public hearing. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? I recuse my vote. Motion carries. Can I ask one? Mr. Birkenhoff. Uh, next item, consider and take appropriate action and adopt and sign a resolution and order that Fayette County elects to immediately become eligible to participate in the tax abatement. Does any, anybody feel that we should not participate in this? Because Commissioner Birkenhoff, I think you brought us some excellent points earlier. 
Yes, sir, Ms. Burns. Question, is this the one where you approve the guidelines or is it the next one? The guidelines is the next one. This is for the resolution and order. Okay, so we still have an opportunity to talk about the guidelines again when it comes up for approval. That's correct. That's correct. This is to adopt and sign a resolution that Fayette County elects to become eligible to participate in the tax abatement. I'll make a motion that we do that. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item five, consider, discuss, and take appropriate action and establish, adopt, and sign, and sign guidelines and criteria governing tax abatement agreements to be entered into and granted by Fayette County. So we're specifically going to talk about this resolution. Right, this would be the tax um, uh, guidelines and regulations for the abatement. This would be the approval. Yes, sir, Mr. Burnson. I'm going to ask the county to adjust that last sentence in the last paragraph so that it's not so broadly and automatically granting variances. I, I, I know you, you want to approve this and get it off the agenda. Uh, maybe we can come up with a simple fix really quickly, but I, I really, that, that really bothers me that um, it's automatic because then, you know, we can say we have all these people looking at it, but there's oversights all the time, and I, I just, that just, I don't like the way that sounds. I'll go back again to what I asked earlier, Mr. Watson. Is there a negative to doing what Mr. Burnson su suggests? Uh, sure. And uh, Mr. Burnson's concern that, you know, if there was an oversight and something was missed, it would be automatically granted a variance um, that, that that potentially could happen. Right. I mean, with the, with the, but the idea, the reason that that is included in there um, is uh, as kind of a catch-all intentionally is so that if there, if we do, um, miss something minor, let's say something comes through and, and it's not considered or, or whatever, um, that, the, that we don't have to start over on that project because we missed something small. Um, this allows us to, to go ahead and get through the grant process, have something approved that we want to have happen here in the county, uh, and then have it move forward even if there is some kind of minor mistake uh, or something does get missed. But that is the, that is the general. Could we add the word minor? We can make an adjustment to the language on there if that's what the court wants to add. I think so. What do you think it should be? Um, I I think by mechanical process, um, both with the application of guidelines and with the law, that any anything that would fly under the radar that I think we would miss, I think would inherently be minor. Um, I, I think it's I think the risk of us missing something major is is extremely limited. Um, if the court would like us to make a small amendment, we could approve the guidelines uh, with the adjustment to that language. Um, that way we don't have to bring it back to the court for consideration. We could adjust the language in there today. Yeah, that wouldn't be too big. So would the motion be to approve this pending suggestion that the attorney, county attorney's office make some verbiage, uh, would, would that be? I would add a word right now, just add minor something like that would be, would be fine and that would be a very simple change. I make a motion, I make a motion that we approve <clears throat> this resolution with the county attorney's office, work, allowing them to make and insert the word minor where he deems necessary. Sure, that would be great. Do I have a second? 
Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? I refuse my vote. Motion carries. Item number six, consider and take appropriate action concerning the following applications requesting the division of real property. Mary Dawson, located in Precinct 4. Mitchell and Carolyn Hall, located in Precinct 2. Mr. Sternadl? Good morning. So our first application for consideration here is from Ms. Dawson for a property located in Precinct 4. Uh, this property is at the intersection of Highway 77 and FM 3171. Uh, the request today is to divide this property. The total property is 3.575 acres and to divide it into two tracks, one being 2.25 and one being less than two at 1.325 acres. Uh, the request is brought before the court today because the smaller track would not meet the county's minimum for lot size. Uh, Mr. Corker's here uh, representing the client. Uh, if you'd like to say anything else. Sure. I can. Thank you, Clint. Good morning, folks. Uh, Good morning. Ms. Uh, Ms. Dawson uh, requested my presence here. Her health was not great. She and her husband purchased this property back in 2017. She was raised in Fayette County. They came back from the East Coast. Their plan is to about 30 years here in Fayette County. About two years ago, he developed some Alzheimer's dementia and is now in full-time care. So this 3.5 acres and change is solely hers to maintain, and she's doing the best she can, but feels that that acreage is a little bit big for her, plus her uh, additional medical expenses with him being in full-time care has gotten a little bit uh, burdensome. So she came to us to see about subdividing, we explained the subdivision uh, program through the county and how two acres was, was kind of the minimum. And the, the track she has, do you all have a survey? I brought the survey. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they should have copies of everything. So the track that they purchased is a long kid rectangle. It runs on 77 South from kind of the top of the hill just south of the teat land that you all probably know. And it goes down to 3171. Um, the track we talked about cutting off initially was two acres. Um, it has frontage on both 77 and 3171. Um, she had uh, talked to a neighbor, there's a Ms. Brooks that lives behind her on about a six acre track, because one of the options that we always try and exhaust uh, is to talk to a neighbor and a joint landowner. But Ms. Brooks has six acres and she kind of joked and said it was too much for her too. Uh, I want to make a, a point if I can. Uh, I've been uh, doing real estate here in Fayette County since 1991. So I've worked with, uh, I think it was Danny Z. I know it was uh, uh, a Bill, predecessor to Clint, and I've been working with Clint. This is the first time that I've had to come to bother, bother you all with this because we try real hard to adhere to those rules and regulations. But my client, uh, Ms. Dawson, had requested that I come to see if there wasn't a little bit of a variance that we could make, and she'd be fine with the two acres adjoining, or we kind of reworked the numbers to see if we got over to if we would kind of relieve any heartburn that the commissioners might have. So uh, whatever you all see fit, but she was just requesting that uh, to see if she could ease that burden. There are no, na no neighbors to the east, that's Highway 77, and there are no neighbors to the south, and that's 3171. And then, as I said, we've contacted Ms. Brooks behind her already, so. What about the other yeah. landowner? 
There's two interdicted borders. Yeah, I would say Adolph Matoka is on the north side. Uh, Mr. Matoka's on the north side, but that's the house that Miss uh, Dawson's currently living in, and she plans to stay there. But I mean, uh, north of the house. There's a T. There's a T. There's a T track. Oh, okay, sure. That's the T track. Yes. And then T wraps around behind the house, and he only comes about halfway down, and then he backs up to Brooks. His southern border hits Brooks' northern border. So the only adjoining landowner is Miss Brooks. Well, the way the map shows here, the other one is adjoining also, right? Teat. Yes. <clears throat> yes, Teat comes in behind, uh, the, I would call it the top of that hill. And then um, it comes down to the south, right up to Brooks. But then the part that she's trying to sell off, that still borders Teat, correct? Slightly, yes, yes. But Teat has, I think, over 28, 30 acres. Have y'all contacted him to see if he'd be willing to? Or? She, she had talked to the Teat family. I'm not sure if you talked to... Uh, Edward. Edgar, Edward. Edgar, she, did talk, she did talk to the Teat family. And they have land elsewhere in the county and they were not interested in selling it. Well, Clint, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, as far as meeting the county requirements, it, it does not. Uh, does not meet the minimum requirements and previously when the county took into consideration some of the variance requests um, and we were talking about significantly larger pieces of property when the court granted those uh, over 100 or I think the most recent one was 70 something acre tract um, one of the concerns or kind of worst case scenario possibilities. If we did create a track less than two acres, uh, again, the court does not have any oversight or control of what does that. Um, this is along a state right of way. Uh, you know, if that's a commercial business wants to pick that up at a discounted price as it is a smaller acreage tract, uh, you know, they can, they're gonna have to ask for variances then on the water and sewer side. Right. And there's no, control from the commissioner side to say well we're going to create this small track and we're only going to allow somebody to build a single small house on there whether somebody does that and could work out well or somebody wants to put a commercial business or restaurant gas station there um, it, it would constitute the request of two more variances on the water and wastewater side let, let me say this I have the highest respect for Mr. Corker and he's been Obviously, him and his wife have been very reputable in the real estate business for years. <clears throat> but, you know, there's, there's not much of a time factor. When, we, when the court addressed this issue, a few maybe last commissioner's court, these people had been trying for two years to get their neighbors to work with something out with them. If you were standing here today, Mr. Corker, and you said, we've been working on this for two years and we come up empty, but I mean, I think that I think there's some little unclear, little unclarity here about Mr. Teat's possibility there. As you say, there are uh, got other properties. Maybe explore that avenue a little bit more, because I think it does, as Commissioner Brosman pointed out, I think it does border that property more than you than they may think. You know. 
like the last one that we that we approved and we let the variance go through. You know, that one was in the family for a hundred and something years, and you know, we try to make the rules and regulations to try to fit every situation, and sometimes they just don't. And you know, they've owned this one only since 2017, and whenever you're right there along. 77, another thing I always think about is, you know, 77, they keep widening it farther and farther and farther. So say we go ahead and we grant this, and it's 1.3 whatever acres, or what happens if then they try to widen it even more, then it really knocks it down even smaller. Then you're really, you're really in trouble. Uh, and so that's why I just, my heart completely goes out to them, you know, with their medical issues and everything like that. You know, I know everybody has their own troubles and stuff that you're dealing with in your life. And I said, I wish there was something we could do, but, at this time, I just don't feel comfortable granting uh, this. So. Yes, sir. If I just may make a comment, this is. I don't have you down to speak. I, I didn't realize this track was undersized. I'll gladly collapse more. Um, this is probably the most controversial ordinance the county has, the minimum area requirement. It's not controversial to us. And I hate to think what, what would happen. If you granted a variance in this case, how many other people would then want a variance? Because it doesn't, it's not too hard to come up with a good reason. And I'm not questioning whether or not, you know, I, I would I would support smaller track sizes. So that's not an issue for me. My issue is the rule, the way the rule of the variance and what that would cause to all the other people who would then want the variance for very good reasons of their own. So I, I just don't think it'd be good to break the county policy in these circumstances. I, I tend to agree with Mr. Bernson's comments. I mean, where where, where would we stop? Sure. And as Commissioner Brosman said, it would be different if they had purchased this property years ago and unaware that they'd never be able to divide it. Sure. And bigger tracks. You know, yeah. that's, that's my biggest thing. The last one was, like I said, 70-something acres and something like that. That's completely different than what this one is. And so at, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make the motion that we deny the application requesting the division of real property from Mary Dawson located in Precinct 4. I think before you come in, one more comment. This, this totally, our, sub, our septic requirement is two acre. Correct. I mean, and this would, this would basically say we're not going to go by the two acre rule anymore, mm -hmm. which would take a lot of changes through TCQ, everything else. Okay. So Absolutely. It's, a, it's a very big variance to give here. Second. A uh, motion is made by Commissioner Brosman and seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, yes. Mr. Corker, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm sorry it didn't work out. But I, I think, as Commissioner McBroom just indicated, it's a big lit. It's a big request. Sure, I understand. It comes We've been working on this for probably two years now. Yeah. So it, I yeah. I had a question. So on the survey, you see kind of where that track comes in. This this home, the subject home on the north side of the track is a two bedroom, one bath. It's a 250 gallon additional field line that runs right in front of the garage. Okay? So it's not like that field line extends down anywhere. So the, the two acres we're talking about for a new septic mm -hmm. is just that southern portion. What was he what he's trying to I think what Clinton's trying to say is as soon as these people no longer own this property, the smaller track. As soon as these people pass on, whatever happens, as soon as they don't own the track, whoever comes in and buys that, we can't control what size building, what size house, or anything that they're going to put on that property, and then they would not meet our septic regulation. Is that Correct. And yes, you know, absolutely. If 
given the system that she has in place there, could physically fit on less than two acres. That, that is a possibility. Right. Yes. But it doesn't account for the next person um, or any expansion or replacement of that uh, in the future. And that's a lot of the intention in the wastewater side of it built into the two acre mentality is future and replacement. Um, you know, there's places you can put that one time drain field that's in a smaller footprint, but then over time it will need to be replaced and expanded. Sure. Real big. Yes, sir. Okay, so right. we, we we have passed that, correct? Yes. Correct. Yes. And there's a, a second application a second in the okay. agenda. <coughs> okay. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll cover that. <coughs> Mitchell and Carolyn Hall located in Precinct 2. Uh, yes, sir. So this property is 14 acres and requesting to be divided into two tracks, a 3.3 and a 10.65 acre track. And both of these will meet all the county's requirements yeah. for frontage and lot size. So you're recommending that we approve this? Yes, sir, I do. Okay, let me let me amend, amend my motion I made. I did not pay attention that the other one was at the bottom there. So uh, does anybody have anything you want to add to the other one? Any questions before I say anything? All right, I move that we deny the application from Mary Dawson, located in Precinct 4, and approve the application from Mitchell and Carolyn Hall, located in Precinct 2. Okay, motion been made by Commissioner Brosman. We approve the request of Mary. No, no, we did. We uh, deny the request of Mary Dawson and approve the request of Mitchell and Carolyn Hall. Second, seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed. Motion carries. <coughs> you get all that, Miss Feetson? Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. All right. Item number seven: Consider and take appropriate action concerning approval of the final plat for phase three of compound lane regarding a platted subdivision named the compound. And I would request that the court would take no action on item seven and eight. Uh, we never received any uh, applications or, or any documentation for that. So we'll take no action on those and they will not be placed on the next agenda. Anybody have a problem with tabling those two? The item eight nope. is no action. No action. Just no action, okay, sounds good. All right, I think you're still up, Mr. Sternoddle. Here your monthly report. Yes, sir. Uh, so for the month of October, our office issued 18 new septic permits and conducted 31 new inspections, actual site inspections. We had 25 development permits issued, identical to the same as the previous month, and 13 divisions of property. Uh, of those divisions of property, they were uh, largely in precinct one there, seven application for precinct one that resulted in 35 uh, new tracks being created uh, just as far as general counts pretty uh, normal where we would be, expect to see for this time of year uh, this will typically be my lower counts as far as septic work uh, a lot of our septic guys in the area are deer hunters and wet weather and people doing holiday stuff so uh, it certainly has a little effect on it uh, any questions there no, I want to say that we all know that Fayette County is growing and that we have people coming in, uh, you said 18 just this month alone, and I know that's probably low, and, and you do a good job, in my opinion, and I think the court feels as well, you do a good job of riding herd over all of this, and we appreciate all you do. Yes, sir. 
I move we accept the report from Clint Sternall from the County Inspector and Office of Development and Permitting. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Mr. Sternall. Actually, I think you're up on the next one as well. Yeah. Approval. Yeah, right. Approving the routing agreement and road use bond agreement submitted by Magnolia Oil and Gas Operating LLC for said company's overweight loads to travel as indicated on the roads of Bear Creek Road, Owl Creek Road, and Tynert Road in Precinct 1, all public county roads in Fayette County. Yes, sir. Uh, Magnolia has completed several of these applications with us, and so this is just uh, to add those three new roads there in Precinct 1. Uh, but the application is signed and complete. You recommend it? Yes, sir. I make a motion we okay. do that. Second. Motion has been made and seconded by Commissioner uh, McBroom. All in favor say aye. Uh, Opposed? Motion carries. Okay Thank you again, Mr. Sternoddle. Item number 11, Texas AgriLife Extension Annual Event to the Commissioner's Court. I think we've got Sally, Kayla, and Scott here. Thank you all for being here and tell us what we're going to do, folks. Okay. Uh, we kind of have a, a lineup here. We thank the court for having us. Our annual interpretation. Kayla's going to kick it off. And then Scott will give his uh, interpretation. And then I'll finish it. Very good. Well, again, thank you all very much for having us. And thank you all for the support, especially um, our recent vehicle that we're going to be getting next year. So we appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. I have lots of places to be and things to discuss yet because uh, we just had our recent 4-H one back in September. So probably a lot of this is maybe repetitive, but then I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. And then if you have additional questions, you can ask now, ask later, whatever you feel comfortable with. Going in order, I think it's in your um, case. It's in case. But uh, we also have hard copies if anybody would like a hard copy. Um, the first one is our Train Like a Champion Clinic. And livestock projects are kind of the heart of the 4-H project, especially here in Fayette County. Um, many, many youth are involved in livestock projects. And so Scott and I, we offer, along with some other counties, a clinic and show to teach families basically how to successfully raise a livestock project. Um, so if they have questions about uh, how to select their project, how to show their project, showmanship skills, feeding, um, and everything kind of in between. So we offer this in July and January for new as well as any livestock families that want to get more about how to successfully uh, raise a livestock project. Um, the second one is our prestige leadership conference, council officer teams in eight different counties. Um, we every Each year we go to a different college or university and offer career exploration and college experience for the kids. They get lots of hands-on, um, better than any tour that they would receive if you just sign up to take your kid on a college tour. Uh, professors are actually working with them and, and participating in some hands-on activities. Um, we were at San Houston State this past year. Um, we're actually going to go to West Texas A&M um, this coming summer. We also teach the kids about teamwork, um, parliamentary procedure, how to successfully run a meeting. Um, as you know, um, you'll probably um, want to know how to do that your whole life. You never know when that opportunity may come that you need to run a meeting. Um, so we're hoping to instill Robert's Rules of Orders and things like that with our kids, um, as well as some other important uh, things that we can teach our kids. Uh, the next one is our Fayette County Progressive Safety Day. I'm super excited to announce that all of the Fayette County fifth graders attended. Uh, there's been a couple years where not the entire county participated, but every single fifth grader 
Um, our every single school participated and we teach kids basically safety on and off the farm, which is really important in our rural um, area. Uh, the last one is just some significant programs. Um, we have 342 members this past year, as well as about 40 screen volunteers, and then many episodic volunteers that just volunteer one time or a couple times. Uh, we had 11 4-H members advance to Texas 4-H Roundup this past summer in June. Uh, we had four scholarship recipients, which received about 40, or which received $48,000. And since 2008, um, we are we are getting very close to that half a million mark just in Texas 4-H Opportunity Scholarships. That's not <coughs> our local scholarships. That's not um, additional scholarships. That's just the Texas 4-H Scholarship. So um, I'm very proud of that number because that just shows that we've got some great kids and very deserving kids um, that are receiving some large chunks of, of money from the Texas 4-H Opportunity Scholarship Program. Uh, livestock projects, um, very proud of this. Um, like I said, livestock is the heart of our 4-H projects here in Fayette County. Um, meaning that's a majority of our kids participating in livestock projects. And this past year, we had approximately $1.5 million back into the kids' pockets um, through the local, scholar, the local shows as well as the major shows. So um, that's a huge number, and a majority of this, I think, like one point three or 1.4 is just our local um, show. So that's a, the Bay County show, Schumacher, Platonia, and our commercial heifer show. Um, so you can see that the support of the community is absolutely amazing when it comes to our kids and our livestock projects. And like I said, uh, most of this money is going right back into the kids' savings accounts for their college, future projects, um, whatever they decide to do with that money. So um, extremely, extremely excited about that number. Um, livestock judging, we have about 30 kids that are <coughs> They go every weekend um, pretty much to a livestock judging contest. They're extremely uh, passionate about this project, just like some of us are passionate about select baseball or showing animals. Um, these kids are passionate about um, livestock judging, and they are going almost every weekend. Uh, this past year, we had um, the very first time that Bay County ever won what we call our District 11 sweepstakes, meaning that we had the best of the best kids. Um, and that's in 18 different counties from Washington County all the way up to Corpus Christi. So um, kudos to our livestock judging kids and without JoJo and Casey Corrales who are in the Platonia area, this would not be possible because they dedicate a lot of time. Um, and as you know, the forage program, we rely on our volunteers because between the three of us, we couldn't teach everything to our 350 4-H members. Um, just not enough time in the day and, and not enough um, expertise always because um, some people are just more yeah, I'm passionate or, or more knowledgeable in different areas. I'm getting those news releases at the radio station about that livestock yes. judging. They're doing incredible. They're, it's amazing what these kids are doing. Um, absolutely. And, so, and they're learning life skills. I mean, sure. How, how to select projects oh, yeah. and also public speaking. People are like, well, how do they get public speaking through livestock judging? Well, they have to learn to give reasons on um, certain contests on why they place these animals the way they did. And, and sure. I think public speaking is something that every kid, every adult needs a good, good class on because you can never have um, enough public speaking and I think some kids do suffer in that. Uh, the last thing is, um, or just a couple things, special interests, a couple of things that we do is um, career quests. We offer this to all the eighth graders in Fayette County. We partner with Lynn and the Access Program and when kids become in ninth grade, when they reach that ninth grade year, they have to take an endorsement track. Basically, they decide if they want to be for the rest of their life in high school, um, whether it's a science route, um, an art route, you know, there's different endorsement tracks, and the school gets uh, points based on this and how well the kids are successful at it. So we try to at least give them a little taste of what the different endorsement tracks are um, to kind of help maybe pick what they want to do for the rest of their life when they're in eighth grade, which is very hard to, 
to even imagine. But they do have to, to do that. If you have any high schoolers, you'll, you'll know that that's um, something they have to pick. Kind of a track they want to do. And then we have the Ag Day, which all three of us are part of, and we offer, that's to all the uh, fourth graders in Fayette County. Um, we just teach about all the commodities and great things that Fayette County has to offer as far as the Ag Center goes. And then lastly, um, 4-H, we do a lot of community service projects. Um, one of the big ones that we do is the Emily Fritch 4-H Scholarship Fund Color Run, and we raised about $2,800 this year for that um, event, and we bring that all back to Fayette County 4-H members through the, the former scholarship. So, um, and then lastly, some big things is we have four Texas 4-H Livestock Ambassadors. Um, they represent the, uh, not only Fayette County, but they represent the state of Texas also um, as a Livestock Ambassador. We have a Texas 4-H Healthy Ambassador, and we have a District 4-H Council Officer and a Texas 4-H Council Officer. So we've got some amazing kids doing amazing things um, in the, the best county, the best state, and the best country. <laughs> <laughs> I like <Sorry>. a lot. <laughs> so, I'm just going to add the best yeah. kids. So, see, I'm, I'm just adding to it. <laughs> Um, the fourth graders, that Ag Day, you, on the fifth graders, you said that every school participated in the county. What is that on the fifth grade? What are they doing that day? The fifth grader is safety day. So they learn like electricity safety, animal safety. Very good. Um, that, okay, and that's like at that. the fairground? Mm -hmm. Very good. And then the fourth graders learn about ag commodities. Sure. Cotton, beef. Very good. Excellent. All right, Scott. All right. Um, and, and one note that I want to make a caveat on ours, Kayla's programming here has been running September 1 through the end of August for quite some time. We had an adjustment with our programming here in the ag and FCH side, so ours looks a little bit different because I don't have a full year of programming. Um, some of that stuff started or is finishing through this fall, and so I have some incomplete documents, um, but as soon as I get those completed this fall, then the next year I'll get wrapped back up to a full year of programming and we'll be back on so That's also why we're here earlier in the year than we would normally be in a January, February time frame. Uh, so that's kind of one thing to, I think is important to note as we go through some of ours. Uh, as Kayla kind of talked about stock shows, so my, some things that you don't have, uh, you know, springtime is really heavy with stock shows and different things like that. And to kind of real tag in on the livestock judging there for a second, uh, the coach Jojo on that sweepstakes, he told me, because uh, I'm the superintendent of that district contest, he said he does not plan on giving that back for quite some time, yeah. that that livestock judging is, is just doing such, such great things. Very but this spring, it's not on here, so it's incomplete documents, our master gardener. Uh, we had the intern training uh, this uh, January through April. Uh, they met weekly, and so um, I'm still waiting on some uh, conclusions of our Lunch and Learn series that we kind of pick back up in the summer and this fall. We'll finish that for the year next Tuesday, and I'll, start, I'll be able to complete that document. But that master gardener, our Lunch and Learn series, is, is a program that is a very active group. Uh, they have a lot of passion and uh, gardening and helping people and again stretching that information uh, to our citizens uh, here in the, the best county, best state, best country. Uh, you know, I feel like everybody's got to say that today. Uh, and then on uh, the new landowner continues to be a big program. Uh, that will finish next Friday for November. So that's why we don't have that document. However, with the change of the year, in the programming year, we're going to make some big adjustments on that. It won't be a multi-county program moving forward. So starting in January, I'm going to design something for specifically here in Fayette County. And as Judge, you alluded to a while ago, this county is continuing to grow and continuing to change. As y'all talk about the, uh, the, the subdivision, it just seems like just about every meeting. And so that's it. that just goes to show the importance of doing that program and continuing that. And we'll do so here in Fayette County. With that, we'll get into the, the few pages that I do have. And the first one is beef cattle and forage production. 
that is uh, largely evolved around our annual Fayette County Cow Gap Clinic. That is the first Friday of May every year at the fairgrounds. Um, I feel it's one of the, the biggest single uh, cow calf clinics in the state of Texas, a single county program. Uh, we have great attendance, uh, great vendors, uh, have a, an excellent committee that helps me put that program on that comes up with the topics and everything. Um, and uh, if you notice there that we reached uh, an economic impact of around $137,000 is the estimated, um, but the uh, the other side of it that I think is interesting that we reached over 9,000 head of cattle uh, based off of our respondents. And so we're reaching a lot of producers and uh, we estimate, I haven't done the ag increment report yet this year, um, but we estimate around that 50 to 55,000 head of cows that we have in Fayette County in the cow-calf production side of it. So you look at that, that's you know nearly 20% of the beef cattle herd that we're reaching in that single day. I think that's a very uh, significant number when we look at it from that perspective. Um, we're going to roll into the next page is our commercial heifer show and sale. Um, uh, most of you gentlemen are very familiar with that because y'all have helped uh, tremendously over the years, whether it's working in the alleys or this past year, y'all's contribution to help us uh, with the fair, the uh, fairgrounds so with the add-on. And uh, I kind of change hats for a second and I want to say as a fair board member as well as a committee member helping put this on, thank y'all very much because we couldn't have gotten that done without y'all, whether it was hauling dirt or whatever it was. So we do very much appreciate it. Um, the great thing about that program, I've, I've taken a really uh, liking to this, whether the educational meeting that's, meetings that we do in January, to the quizzes, to the interviews, uh, all that that goes on to that, that it's not just a, and nothing against the stock shows because I love them, I go to a lot of them in the spring, but it, there's so much more than just showing an animal. You're, you're truly trying to learn and learn the industry, learning the health on that, the nutrition on that, and so I think with the educational component of that that we've added a couple of years ago and we've tweaked, we got a really good direction with that, and I'm really excited about that as that moves forward. There's some great impacts on the back page of that. Uh, I uh, encourage you to look at that, but one thing I wanted to note that we had uh, 61 exhibitors tagging over 200 head of cattle last year. 132 head were shown and sold for a gross of $431,900 just for that event alone. And then we gave an additional $12,455 in awards and premiums were paid out to the top placing animals, but also those kids that placed in that quiz, that placed in the interview and record book or salesmanship or overall division. And so I think that's a really, those are some big numbers to look at. And I'm really proud of the growth of that program that it's had over here. Again, it's not just from me, it's, it's from the committee that drives that program. So, but I, I get the privilege of writing it up. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and then the other significant uh, programs there, uh, crop tour. Uh, we made some changes. I actually have some new committee members on that, some younger committee members, and uh, we're, we did a few things. We actually went to Rock and W, uh, uh, sale barn down there on 77, just north of Schulenburg, and we had some drone uh, out uh, to look at some of the spray drones. That was really neat. And then, then one of the lady that came and did that talk, she actually uh, flew it up and took a picture for the producer that uh, rents that property and, and has it. So it was really neat from that, something completely different than what we've ever done. Even though Fayette County is not known for row crop, it's still important significantly from economic driver in the county, so we need to make sure I continue to do those programs. Uh, private Applicator, had one in March, I usually do two a year. I did one in uh, first of October, which technically goes into the new programming year. So officially I had one uh, for 2022 the way that goes, but I had 25 just the other day, so, or last month. 
Uh, cotton field day, again, uh, is, is still one of those important ones for some of our producers. I do that in conjunction with Colorado County on an annual basis. And then you can see the feral hog in Coyote County and the contest uh, numbers uh, through September uh, that we have on that side of it. Um, and those are kind of those numbers that we've had for the, the calendar year of 2022. And I will note, I have a cheat sheet here um, that you do not have. We're trying, I'm trying to do a better job of following the pay, pay drafts that we have to see how much they're working. I will note last year, kind of last fall through February, nobody was catching anything. And all of a sudden we started catching pigs. And I talked to uh, Jacob Hetzel that works for Wildlife Services, Texas A&M, AgriLife Wildlife Services. And he made a comment, he's a professional trapper. He said he caught no pigs from November through February. And then all of a sudden it turned on. And we saw similar things with checking out the traps. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. But to my calculations, what we've been trying to put together recently is we've, we've trapped around 168 pigs so far with those traps. Hopefully we'll get, the, get that number growing a little bit. There's some potential of some toxicants coming on the market. It may change a lot of this with the feral hogs, um, but that is really too early to tell. And, and until something actually comes on the market, I can't really say much about it. But currently have uh, four, picture, four of those traps out and two are still at the office. So we're moving them a little bit, but not as much as I'd like to. Any idea why it, go, why it decreases those months? Uh, we really believe uh, acorns and just kind of the change in uh, environment and stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of our deer hunters struggling getting deer to come to, you know, corn last year as well. Uh, it's kind of similar things. A lot of, it was heavy acorn population or production last year. Uh -huh. What, what, uh, can you tell, I don't know if somebody was asking the other day, I don't know the answer. The surrounding counties around us, who has, don't look at me like that. I know your question coming probably. Who has the, who else does the feral hog bounties? I think, I think three, two or three, and then some may do some period type stuff when they're trying to go out for the, the, the grant, the, that hog out grant thing that they do in so. Because the more, the better, right? Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, and the more, the better, one, because everybody's on it, and then we don't, we had to rewrite all of our, our uh, bounty stuff several years ago because we had a concern and, and changed some of that, of things trickling over the county line. And so we, sure. that's why we changed a lot to avoid it. So the more everybody that's around us that has it, then there's no need for that to happen, and it helps with that. Now, early, that's a good question. I don't know. Er, sure. er, earlier when you were talking about it, the first of the year, Fayette County is going to go on their own. They had been with the multi-county. What, yes. what was that in reference to, please? Our new landowner program. Landowner, okay. There was a multi-county new landowner program. I started in 2008 in Fayette County, and, and that started a few years prior to me here. Mm -hmm. And just there's some dynamics of uh, the way we're doing some things, and then with the calendar year changing, it gives us some opportunity to do some things different. Um, and scheduling, it's just... Going to make it a little bit more flexible for me in Fayette County. Yeah. Let, let me <laughs> say that in your report, you said that when these kids are raising these projects, that they're also learning other things. It's similar to what Kayla mentioned about how when they go judging, then they have to explain why they did such and such. That's so, that's so valuable. That, that's the real learning key right there in both instances. Yes, sir. And, and, and the judging side of things, the critical thinking alone, but a lot of our kids that are and I can speak from my experiences because I grew up in the program myself, but those kids, when they go out to feed their animals, they're learning what to, to look for. Sure. Does that animal have water? Does the animal look sick? You know, 
what are they eating, all those, learning how to take care of something, exactly. right? And, and the importance of the, I don't get to eat in the morning until my animal eats because that animal doesn't eat until I eat. You know, there's just so many things that go into that and it's so much more life learning than those kids realize that they're getting. They're doing yeah. it because it's fun, but there's a whole lot more life lessons that come with it. Yeah, I learned a life lesson when I was a freshman in high school, I had other things on my mind other than raising a sheep. And so my sheep got white ribbon. I was the only one who got a white ribbon. And they laughed at me when I walked out of the ring. So I set my mind that was never going to happen again. So the next year when I got these two sheep, just bought there in Schulenburg from, you know, nothing special about them. But I had them trained to this, to this extent. Because, as y'all know, when a sheep jumps over a ramp, he strengthens his back. Am I right? That's, that, that's what it was 40 years ago. There's the, a lot of people have a lot of ways of doing it. Okay. We have treadmills and all kinds of us stuff now. Well, 40 so, years yes. ago, 40 years ago, you jumped yes. the ramp. Oh, I, I, oh, no, sheep and goats were on treadmills. But that was very common, yes. I had my lambs trained so well that because I would run after them clapping like this that I could just walk out of the house and go like this and they'd be 20 yards in the pen and they'd start running those ramps. Can you, can you believe that? I can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miss Sally? Uh, I, hang on. Just say one more question for Scott. Is there any I don't know if y'all... Oh, can I say something? That that year I won grand and reserve and showmanship <laughs> and uh, 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 yeah you can learn a lot true. from failure true yeah yeah Failure's true story good. true story okay is there any way is there any way you can get the data or anything like on a yearly basis or, or six month basis to where all these subdivisions are coming in and all these lands being divided up how much farm and crop land that Fayette County is losing on a yearly basis I don't know if y'all have the access to be able to. Uh, give us that type of information or anything, or who would or anything like that. I'll just ask the, the, Clint possibly could do some things from that standpoint, and, and we could possibly work with the appraisal district based off of land that's coming out of ag use. Uh, from that standpoint, it may be some really sharpening some pencils to get that. I can tell you, and I have some something on my desk, uh, and I can't remember exactly how it's worded, and I want to go back and use it for some references here before long is the Texas Real Estate Association uh, that, through the A&M campus. Um, they, they have a report that they do periodically that talks about loss of uh, ag property and things from that standpoint. So I could go through some, some of those things and see if I can find some. I don't know if it would be specific to Fayette County other than <coughs> going through our own local uh, agencies and organizations and sit down and try to work through some of that. But it's a, it's a good question, and those are some things that we think about, um, you know, a growing population and losing farm and ranch land uh, to ag production. You know, not, not everybody uh, wants to go back to raising their own food because of our busy lifestyle. A lot of us could do a lot of that, but a lot of people don't want to be an Andy Balin and grow a lot of their own food. Um, and, and I say that with nothing wrong because he, he enjoys it and he has that passion for it. Um, and, but not everybody wants to do that because of their busy lifestyle. And, and so it, it's difficult, and so it's, it's a very important thing to think about. Are the, are the people farms. that, are, are, the people that are, are coming in, are they doing more to the wildlife side, or is it 
vice versa with the cattle or, or crops or anything like that? Or is it yeah, and so that's kind of an interesting deal. And, and, and I want to look at the, the data from our survey from the end of the new landowner. But the last couple of years, if, if y'all remember, we were just tracking is, is um, livestock always was, uh, livestock and forage is always our lowest attended new landowner program. But when we survey them after every program, what enterprises are you engaged in? And you like livestock, wildlife, and they can click as many as they want, right? And livestock is always number one. By, by a large gap. And then the last couple of years, it's been slowly, and then last year was, they were off by 1%. So wildlife and bees and, and alternative, when I first started in 2008, and I feel like I'm taking everybody's time here, but when I started in 2008, everybody wanted to own a cow because we were in Texas, right? You, you, you had to, you own, own acreage, you own property, you gotta have a cow. That seems to be changing. Um, it doesn't seem like everybody wants a cow. Um, because of the absentee landowner. They don't want the, the, the fecal pads in the pasture. You know what I mean? They want their pasture to look like a lawn. You know, everybody has a different perspective on what their utopia on their property is. And, uh, and it kind of goes back to some of the conversation. It's my property and you can't tell me what to do with it. You know, my job is to go out there and, and help them do, accomplish what their goal is. And keep them from getting in a train wreck. Okay, Mr. Willie, if you don't have anything else, we'll go to Miss Sally. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my first one is uh, the early childhood education, and this is a really important industry in our county. Uh, I'll get it in now. We want to have the best child care providers in the county, in the best state, in the best country. <laughs> uh, because this is a large industry. Most of us don't think about it, but in the state of Texas, it's the 16th largest industry, wage-wise. But we also know how important it is to the development of our children, our early childhood uh, education, that we can provide to these uh, workers that are in centers and in bay homes. And we provided, through August, two child care conferences, plus I was very lucky, um, I was able to provide a CPR first aid class for some providers who needed the course. You, they have to have it on a regular basis. That is a mandatory state regulation. Uh, in fact, I was very lucky. A local health nurse related to Kayla, Kim Soda, came in and taught the class for us. Uh, so we had over 300 providers that were reached through our programming efforts. Uh, close to 1,800 workshop hours that we were able to provide through these programs. Um, we, we started this past year an advisory committee working with uh, Education Center, it's Region 13 Education Center educators, and we have one of those teachers on our committee and we have some directors. So we're looking to expand and we've got a really great program coming up again in February and then we'll have one in the spring. Of course, that's the new year uh, for us. Uh, we will go through August of uh, 24. Um, retail food safety, that's very important. Uh, one, no, every year, every day, eight Americans die from they eat food. They get sick and they die. So it's extremely important because this is another important industry in our county, you know, retail food. So we provide food handlers and food manager trainings. Also work with schools and uh, camps, this type of thing to provide that educational programming. Um, the managers 
certification is good for five years. They have to have one on site at all times. Uh, the food handlers, that's a card that they have to, if they have a new employee, they have to get that card within 30 days of employment, and the card is good for two years. So we're able to provide that. Some of the kids, the culinary uh, at the school, they also get the food handlers. So these kids can get, have jobs, possibly. Then um, Fayette County, you know how important that is, especially with, with everything that's going on right now. So I have a lot of things that are involved in that. The Carsey's um, Skilda Distribution Center, and uh, if you'll note on that, that particular one, uh, we had a real impact with our car seat program. I think I would pass that one. Um, but we had over almost $35,000 worth of programming. And what it is is if the kids are properly installed in their car seat, then the injuries, that's redu reducing their medical injuries, the cost of that, uh, quality of life, uh, possible lost future earnings. So we're able to, to provide that at no cost in educational programming to citizens in Fayette County. We're trying to get um, the woman we worked with who was head of passenger safety retired. So there's been a lot of changes and I'm trying very hard to see if they will come for a checkup event. And we used to always do that at Walmart. We're hoping to do that again this spring. We have great turnout. Uh, we always have great responses. But they're on hold. They won't uh, let me know until we get a little further on uh, in the year. And possibly we can get into the 24 year with a checkup event in the springtime. Um, I send out a Watkins Cooking Health newsletter weekly. Over uh, 1,300 are on that email blast. We did food preservation. We had a class that was full. Uh, my second class has already been done, but it was in the new year. We do an annual walk across Texas and um, also a work site walk across Texas and we had great results with that. I have the numbers in there wrong, I realize. I uh, had 160 with the worksite on this and I had about 53 with our county walk across Texas. And that, if they get active, it's an eight week program uh, that can reduce cost with the things such as diabetes, medical costs, uh, it's families active. So it does have a real impact. Then healthy aging. I have a committee on aging and they support uh, programming that I do. Uh, a matter of balance, we're certified in that. I'm certified so is Jennifer, my program assistant. And then we have a retired nurse educator who assists us with that program. It's an eight week program and we do have to limit it to 12 people. We have 13 that enrolled. We were over at Schumerberg and Lynn allowed us to use the facilities over there. We had a physical therapist, PK, and instructed at one of the classes. It's highly successful. In fact, I saw him recently at another program we had over there, and he said, when's your next one? And I said, well, it's after the first of the year, and we'll be at the library in Schumerberg. So uh, we've, we've got some, some real uh, partnerships with that. Uh, we've got a lot of programs that are planned for our aging population. We have a huge aging population, way over the state of Texas percentage-wise. Almost 27% of our population in Fayette County is 65 years of age and older. So we're really, really trying to impact that 
that population also. We have some uh, partnerships with the Area Agency on Aging, and we've already done some programs into the new 23-24 year. Um, that, kind of wrapping up on that, you know, involvement in the Fayette County Fair, of course, Creative Arts, uh, the Safety Day, and of course the Act Day that Kayla mentioned, and then uh, we have taken on because we lost and we still have our extension homemakers, better known as the Extension Education Ladies. We still have two clubs, they're still involved, but we had to take on the EH Kitchen uh, and, and the responsibilities of that in our office, so that's just kind of been another thing. I'm going to try to wrap that up real fast. Any questions? Uh, Sally, you know, the, when you're talking about childhood edu education, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that not everyone had the same opportunity. But there's a particular daycare in Schindler, my girls went to Drew's Boys, I think. I think Paul's kids went to Scott's there. When they actually went to school, they, the teachers asked us where the kids went to daycare at because they were so far more advanced than some of the others. It's just unfortunate that when they get to school that not all the kids have the same opportunity that, you know, if they can't go to a daycare, because daycare is very expensive, we all know that. And it's just, it's a shame that they don't all get the same opportunity. So this childhood education is very important, especially in Fayette, I think in Fayette County, especially in Flatonia where I grew up, we don't always have the same opportunities over there. And it's just, I wish there was some way that we could get all the kids and to have the same, you know, opportunity to do that. Quality programs so yeah. that they can take that back <coughs> the curriculum and take that back to their, their classroom. I forgot to mention we took on an early childhood learn, grow, eat, go program and we trained Head Start teachers and that was instituted this past spring in the LaGrange Independent School District. So that impacted 17 families and little kids had a lot of fun with that. It's gardening and food and, and it's a great educational program. Concerning Commissioner Birkenhoff's comment about the importance of daycare, he's exactly right. Uh, Miss Austin and I met with some individuals here in LaGrange within the last few months about improving the daycare. Yeah, having more of the really, as you say, the really the good ones to help those youngsters be more prepared for for the future. So that's something that's in the works. I think that's the Chamber of Commerce we're working in. Uh, yes, sir. They did yeah. it in conjunction with the Workforce Solutions. Yes. 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 Now she contacted me because um, they needed, C well, no, we did the CPR first aid, and uh, Nurse Kim Soda came and did that, and she contacted me about that. And that's another thing I want to bring up, because I talked to uh, Dr. Garlic over at Lynn and Schulenberg, and they're able to provide that program as needed over there for childcare providers. So, you know, they have to have it on a regular basis, but they don't all take it at the same time. This class that I offered was filled. Uh, Kim said she could take 25. I offered it to child care providers first so they could get in there. And eight signed up, and then the other 17 were other individuals. So, you know, Kim's done it for us before, and with Lynn stepping up, that seemed to really relieve a lot of that pressure that they could get the class. And, um, like I told Kim, I'm willing to do the publicity, get the information out there, get it to providers. We can provide this facility. So I needed the educator to do the program. So it worked out real well. It was a good partnership. Well, we appreciate y'all coming here today. We appreciate what you do. I think I speak for the entire court. We're 
we say you're in contact with those people that can, the young people that can, that, that make up our future. And we appreciate what y'all do, and we appreciate y'all coming here today. I have one more, a couple we, comments. We just uh, wanted to also, you know, this is the letter from our district administrator, and we brought copies of it. It's for the upcoming uh, judge and commissioners conference. I'm sure you all received it, but I'll give this to Cassie, and it's just information. Excellent. Just to point out something, I mean, y'all are part of this, but $1.5 million came back to the kids because of y'all. That's pretty, pretty impressive. I ha uh, I'll make a motion that we accept the uh, the report from uh, Miss Garrett, uh, Miss Casper, and Mr. Scott Willie. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries. Thank you all again. Thank you. Thank you. Item number twelve: Consider and take a appropriate action concerning entering into a contract with Langford Community Management Services for grant administrative services for the Texas GL for the Texas General Land Office Regional Medication Program. Angela, you're going to speak to that, ma'am. I am, and Blake is going to as well. Um, if you'll remember, we asked that you defer this to this after a lot, about two weeks ago um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, we have been notified by GLO that as a county, we should have our own contract. We shouldn't necessarily just be accepting a vendor contract. And so Blake and I have been working on that, and we've worked with the Langford so that the contract they did send us meshes. Um, and so Blake had a couple of issues that he needed to resolve or wants to resolve, and then it will be ready. Uh, yes, we did make. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to crunch back. Yeah, you're, you're, I understand. Uh, Brenda's not giving you much room. We did make some amendments to the contract, um, mostly uh, kind of making things a little bit more focused on uh, what the goal is to here to accomplish, as well as leaving some potential windows of liability for the county. Um, but. Um, the, and Angela is exactly right. We're working on getting a kind of a unified county contract for these things and everybody goes to straw or great management services going forward. Um, but for this specific one, um, this is one we had reviewed. We did make those changes. Um, I would ask that the court approve this agreement, um, except for uh, one particular change um, that uh, Angela and I had talked about. Um, in that I'd like to, to make kind of the open introductory paragraph a little bit more specific for the contract or the, the grants that we're focused on with Langford here. Um, it's, it's a little bit broad. I'd, I'd like to clean that up. The problem with that is that we kind of don't know yet what those projects are, are going to be. So I'm going to try to hone that in as, as much as we can. I think we're um, going to put some wording in there that's specific to the method of distribution mitigation program as opposed to just leaving it open as a mitigation. So. Right. Um, but uh, the only other thing that I wanted to check the court about is that the contract requires that Langford uh, maintain a, a million dollar liability policy for this. Um, that's standard for commercial insurance policies for Texas. It's kind of a minimum. Um, yes, it's a, a lot of money, but if the court thinks it's appropriate, um, before we sign off on that, I wanted to, to check and see if, if 
we would like to increase that requirement. Um, if not, the only change would kind of be that, that introductory paragraph where it's going to kind of rework that a little bit. But other than that, we think it's ready to, to move forward. So as far as the action we're taking here today? It's to approve the contract that Blake has put together. But he's still going to work on it. Just that one. Just that one. Just that okay. And the only reason is, is because typically these contracts are specific to a project. And since we haven't chosen those projects yet, we're trying to make it specific to the program. Did you have a dollar amount in mind over the million? You would go a million and a half? No, it's a million dollars, which is kind of the state commercial minimum. Um, and so there's no need for us to increase it. Um, it, meet, it meets the state requirements, but if it's something that we would like to increase, uh, then now would be the opportunity to do that uh, before we sign off on, on the agreement. Would there be a reason to increase it, in your opinion? I, I, don't, I don't think so, truthfully. Okay. And I think it may, you know, keep in mind that this is a small consulting company and that might be a little difficult. But it is something that when we have different projects later on, which I'm not going to keep in mind. Okay, so I, 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 just so I'm clear, we were to introduce this contract pending the changes that Mr. Watson and you make. I'll make that motion. I'll make a motion that we enter into a, enter into a contract with Langford Community Management Services for Grant Administrative Services with the GLO Regional Mitigation Program pending some ch minor changes that Mr. Watson will make. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. I uh, move we take a 10 minute recess. Anybody opposed? Let's take a 10 minute recess. Second. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor? Aye. Okay. Uh, we're going to get underway. I'll take a motion to reconvene. I move we reconvene. Second. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff, seconded by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. We are back open for business. Our next item on the agenda is item 13. Discuss, consider, and take appropriate action concerning an interlocal agreement with the city of Fayetteville to construct and operate a recycling center on city property located 800 Columbus Hall Lane, Fayetteville. Judge Zappalek? Good morning. So we've operated a uh, recycling uh, program out there in Fayetteville for numerous years, probably since 1994. And there's basically nothing there. It's a, it's a portable um, shed that we use. And in the event, like last year, there was sweat funds left over in the CapCog program. Um, I want to apply for this grant and hope we already got one grant submitted for a forklift because that's for an overall uh, it benefits our program overall this would be specifically to Fedville it's a $30,000 max uh, so what we want to do is build a 20 by 30 full bar with a concrete slab and with the intention of putting a cardboard bag thing so we have to get this is basically preliminary paperwork to uh, help develop that <coughs> I think they're excited about getting that project down there. Hopefully we can get it through. CapCog has, is a 10-county region. The solid waste is. It's $274,000 available. Uh, last year, there was about $77,000 in sweat funds. 
that they went out for additional projects. So this year, uh, I'm putting two, uh, two grants in place. Hopefully, uh, they don't have to go out for additional projects and they have to award both of us. You're, you're working with Ms. Hahn on that? Yes. Good, good. Well, I move we entered into envelope for agreement with the City of Fayetteville to construct an operator recycling center on city property located at 800 Columbus Hall Lane. Motion has been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Judge Zapolek, I think you're on the next item as well along with Ms. Hahn, discuss and approve a resolution to submit an application to Capcock Solid Waste Grant Program for construction of a recycling center at 800 Columbus Hall Lane in Fayetteville. So that is just the resolution authorizing us to actually submit the application. The application is due Monday and uh, there is a 10% match on this uh, application that's something new to this year. They capped it out at $30,000. Biennium, that's where we uh, did the facility out there in Morgantown on Catalan. It was 39000 They ended up uh, reimbursing us 49000 So uh, we did pretty good. So you're facing a Monday deadline? Yes, sir. Wow. I mean, we approved the resolution to submit an application to Capcod Solid Waste Grant Program for the construction of a recycling center at 800 Columbus Hall Lane, Fayetteville, Texas. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Judge Zapolak. Thank you. Ms. Hahn, I believe you've got things to do, right? Yes, sir. Thank, <laughs> thank you for uh, coming in here today. All right. Next item on the agenda, item 15, consider and take appropriate action in entering into a memorandum of understanding between Blue Bonnet Trails Community Mental Health with Blue Bonnet Trails Community Services and Fayette County for the purposes of outlining the partnership goals of primary care services of eligible indigent residents of Fayette County. Ms. Austin, are you going to speak to that? I can, yes. This is a yearly contract that we would do with Blue Bonnet for our indigent health patients. Indigent health care patients. Okay, so move. Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? <coughs> Motion carries. Item number 16, authorizing the following class request for Pam Van Clark, Deputy County Clerk, to attend the Department of State Health Services Vital Statistics Conference to be held December the 7th and 8th, virtually. Mr. Josh Vandiver, EMS Director, and Gary Daniels, Assistant EMS Director, to attend the Texas EMS Conference, November 19th through the 22nd in Austin. I will make a motion that we approve those requests. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Sternoddle and Birkenhoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Sternoddle. <coughs> All in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Ms. Austin, I think we're going to lean on you for this next item again. Item number 17, consider and take appropriate action in resetting a date for a public hearing concerning setting speed limit on, the, on Skillet Lane in Precinct 3 and, an author, and for authorization to publish notice in, of said in the newspaper. Yes, so I'd like to get the notice out the last meeting. So... Uh, if we can reset that to November 22nd at 9 a.m. and I'll I have it up on my 
computer to send out. Right. I move we set the date for the public hearing for November 22nd at 9 a.m. and authorize the authorization to be published in the newspaper. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, opposed? Motion carries. Next item is consider and take appropriate action on bids of property not sold at the sheriff's sale, cause number 3388, Flatonia Independent School District. Uh, we received two bids for the same cause number. Um, we usually follow suit with what the school district does. Flatonia uh, rejected the bid from Matthew Childress, and they accepted the bid from S. Nicole Mackey. So that would be my recommendation. So we're dealing with two different properties, but the same cause number. Well, it's the, it's the, it's the same cause number, same property, but two people just bid on the same. Okay, so yes, we're sir. so the Flatonia ISD rejected one, approved the other. Correct. Yes. I make a motion that we follow the suit of the Flatonia Independent School District. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries. Item number 19, acknowledge the fiber upgrades and service drop plans of Colorado Valley Telephone Cooperative to install new buried optic cables and copper cables within the corridors of Brom Road, South Raymond Road, Zoke Road, Zills Road, 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 Spring Branch Lane, all of those in Precinct 1, Nowak Road, Nassau Road in Precinct 2, and Peters Road in Precinct 4. I thought I saw somebody from Colorado Valley. No? Maybe I, I so move. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number 20, accept and approve the written plans of Industry Telephone Company to install a new buried communications line upon and along the right-of-way of Ulrich Road, Windale Road, and Muskie Ulrich Road in Precinct 2 with Industry Telephone Company being required to be responsible for repairs and or being required to make repairs of direct or collateral damage, if any, caused by Industry Telephone Company and or its contractors to the preceding road and to other utilities utilizing the public right-of-ways. So move. Motion's been made by Commissioner Sternaudel. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number 21, accept and approve the written plan of Fayette Water Supply Corporation to tie in to an existing two-inch water line in the county right-of-way along the west side of Gabert Road in Precinct 4 and then bore under Gabert Road to the east side and continue south reaching property ID 109739, then place a new four-inch water line along Gabert Road to service five lots located at IDs 109740, 109705, 109973, 109669, 4144.52, and requiring Fayette Water Supply Corporation to make repairs of any damage done to the road, side, ditches, and right-of-way of Gabert Road, and to do paving work, compacting, and restoring the roadways, ditches, sides and right-of-way all back to the natural grade. We have somebody here from Fayette Water. Did you, did you want to say anything? No, uh, just, uh, 
Very good. I'll make a motion that we approve that request to Fayetteville Water Supply Corporation. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wick. All right, item number 22. Consider and take appropriate action concerning acknowledging and signing a letter from TxDOT regarding roadway closures at intersections along Highway 77 and Rabs Prairie Road, Schubert Road, Racetrack Road, Post Oak Road, Precinct 1, and County Road 156, Lee County. The roadway will be closed at each intersection location from 5 to 15 days during the approximate 30 months to complete the project. Project is scheduled for a January 2024 letting. Typically, construction starts two to three months after the letting date. I make a motion we approve this. Second. So. <laughs> Seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> motion. No. Motion carries. <coughs> Item number 23, acknowledge general and no litigation certificates of Fayette County for the benefit of the Attorney General of State of Texas regarding Capital Area Housing Finance Corporation, tax-exempt indebtedness, Redwood Apartments, Hayes County, and in authorizing the county judge to sign all necessary paperwork. This uh, Capital Area Housing Finance Corporation, that's, what a, that's a regional thing that Fayette County is part of. Correct. Am I correct? Yes, sir. And so when each of... When a county applies for a bond or a uh, housing in their area, each of the counties have to sign off on it and acknowledge that they're doing it. I make a motion we do so. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Ms. Havelka, next item on the agenda is consider and take appropriate action concerning the fines and fees collected for the third quarter of 2023. Um, as you can see, we were up on the sheriff fees, the tax fees, and the district park fees. The district park reports are behind by one month. Uh, we were down on county park fees, arrest fees, uh, all the fines, and the sales tax. Um, I kind of try to ask around to see why we were down on this and it looks to be that our civil fees are civil reports and civil fees are up, but our criminal fees are down. Any questions? But we're not off by much. No. I was kind of a little bit surprised to see that our sales tax was down as much as it was because this is coming April. I mean, your sales tax is about two months behind. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. 
Next item, consider and take appropriate action in accepting all bids and or awarding bid for the extension service vehicle. We've received one bid from OBID Angel Chevrolet GMC. The total is for $60,112.25. Um, I do believe y'all have checked with uh, extension service and I think they were okay with all yep. the specs. Yep. I think you were riding hard mm -hmm. herd over there, right? They did, they, they're ready to go. <clears throat> Jason has spoken with Oviedo, and they're ready to. How how soon can the vehicle be? They're saying February. Yeah, they're so, hoping. Uh, if if the strikes if, all go, nothing else happens. It should be February. So yeah, no. Uh, Kayla and Scott were very happy. With what do we what do we budget for? I thought oh. it was. It was slightly higher than yeah, the original like price they got in July. Because I think For some it was reason, I 50 something, 57, 55, 57. So it was a little bit higher. I'm just surprised no one else bid this thing. Well, if if Commissioner Birkenhoff is good with this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're happy with it. And they definitely need one. So they'll have the funding for it. Well, I make a motion that we accept and award the bid for the extension service vehicle. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Item number 26, consider and take appropriate action in accepting all bids and or awarding bids for road oil. Okay, we've got two bids in. They were from Martin Asphalt and Cleveland. For all of it, MS1, CRS2, and CRS2P. And in looking at when I was putting the bids together, um, they are slightly down MS1 and slightly down on CRS2 and CRS2P. Um, which one is it, Joel, is used quite a bit of? <coughs> 2P, 2P uh, delivered last year was $3.43, or currently this year, next year is $3.24. <coughs> the only thing I did see that went up is Martin Asphalt went up from $70 on their demerge to $95. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good. Now, Cleveland's not ever put on their, their demerge. Anymore. I don't pay it anymore. And I don't know if they charge <laughs> Well, it don't make any sense. They want to charge you $70 for one driver to have to sit there longer, but when you got 12 guys out there waiting on them, who's going to pay that? So I don't pay them at all. I move we accept all bids and award all bids for road oil. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman to award the bids for road oil. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, consider and take appropriate action in accepting all bids and or awarding bids for limestone. And you can see we have several bidders for the commercial base. The only one that I did not see on here that was a normal bidder was uh, Texas Materials. Um, Allenton did bid this year, but they are, their place is out of Hayes, Texas. So do y'all know where Hayes, Texas is? Which, I was like, wasn't that the same group that we used to have out of uh, Columbus area? Yeah. Well, that's Childs. 
Oh, Chad mm-hmm. Childs? Yeah. Ellington was, uh, what's like Holman. Yeah, Holman. Mullins Prairie. Mullins Prairie. Yeah, Holman, and so where Hayes, Texas is, mm-hmm. but he did. But does that well, include the one by Buda? That doesn't, it's just for that one plant, it doesn't include the one at home. No, he just had on here Hayes. Allington is a little community close to Columbus. Oh, a lot of material. But it's called Allington Material. Yeah, yeah. Allington Material. It's over there. Because it's off of Ranch. Uh, RM That'd be the stuff coming in by rail, though. Oh, yeah. The one in Blidden, mm-hmm. in that by uh, Columbus. Between Weimar and Columbus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And will we accept all bids and award all bids? <coughs> Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman to uh, accept and award bids for limestone. Second. <coughs> Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Consider and take appropriate action in accepting all bids and or awarding bids for hot mix and all types of premix. Hot mix we have three. Premix we have one. Uh, AES, the code mix. Of course, we have the Colorado material, which is the AC6. And then Cleveland and Water County uh, bidded. Water County was the only one that bidded it by bag. You, you sound like you know what all this stuff is. <laughs> 86. <laughs> what they did me. Uh, and I believe if we looked at it, they are slightly higher. Yeah, slightly higher. Higher delivered. This year was about $90. Uh, quality was 86. You see it's 97, especially on hot mix, and Waller County was 116, they're 133, so they went up slightly uh, on the deliver prices. That deliver prices may be because of fuel surcharges. They don't include any extra sheets. The only uh, grouping that ever included an extra sheet on any of the road bids this year was Mitex on fuel surcharges. So I'm assuming some of these people had put it in their prices. I would think so. Mm-hmm. On here, you have quality has a fuel surcharge. Okay, quality did. Um, let me see what yeah, they had here. Their, <coughs> their fuel surcharge <laughs> statement, which I included, <laughs> was odd. It didn't. It's like ten to fourteen cents. You got two percent increase. Five to nine cents was a one percent increase. And theirs was. Uh, baseline price from posted price. So I included that sheet. It didn't have a set dollar amount on it. But that was the only one on here. The rest of the other two didn't. And quarter all materials went up from a 22 minimum to a 25 minimum. But I don't know if they ever have regulated that when y'all have gone and gotten 
What's that? 25 tons with some of the trucks and the trailers and things. Yeah. Even on the limestone, they increased it from 22 to 24. Sometimes when C-Mix delivery, they got 27 on there. Yeah, they need more. <laughs> <laughs> no. Most of this we pick up anyway. We don't get a lot yeah. of stuff delivered, so. We accept all bids and award all bids for hot mix and cold mix. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman to accept all bids, uh, ac accept all bids and awarding the bids for hot mix and cold mix. Mm -hmm. Okay. Second. Second by Commissioner Ber uh, Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item number 29, consider and take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of currently old bill, county bills, and expenses. Would y'all receive all the bills? Do y'all have any questions on there other than the one that was noted that I need to check with? It should have been loose and not parties. And I will check with Yeah, that's no big deal. Yeah, it's not so much. <laughs> we ran a little shorts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Second. Motion has been made by Commissioner McBroom, seconded by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, enter into closed session pursuant to Government Code Section 551.074 to deliberate the appointment, employment, or duties of an employee, to deliberate the purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property, with final action to be taken in open session. So at this time, I would ask everyone to be excused, please, with Mr. Watson, Ms. Havelka, Mr. Vandiver, and Ms. Austin to remain, please. Uh, Ms. Cole will, will be here, too. I think we enter into closed session. Okay. 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 Second. 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 Motion's been made and seconded by Commissioner Grossman. All right. Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman to reconvene. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. We are back into open session. Uh, as we come back into open session, I make a motion that we approve the revised contract uh, for the property in Schulenburg and that we give uh, Commissioner Brosman authority to sign off on whatever need be signed off on. And, and Josh. And Mr. Vandiver. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. We adjourn. Second. Motion's been made to adjourn by Commissioner Bozeman, seconded by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? 
Motion carries. We're adjourned. Yeah.